Hello, guys, and welcome to the Cashflow Queens podcast. Today, we have on Rachel from Clover Properties. This is a really amazing episode all about the rent-to-own strategy specifically, how she got into the industry, as well as how she's helping people go from renting to owning. So this is a really amazing episode, and I hope you enjoy it. Hello, guys, and welcome to the Cashflow Queens podcast. Today, we have on Rachel from Clover Properties. I'm super excited for this one. So... Yeah, I just kind of want to jump in right away. But Rachel uh, really focuses on the rent to own strategy, which is something I don't know a lot about. So I definitely want to hear a little bit more about it and kind of break it down a little bit. But also, what is your background? How did you kind of get into this? I dipped my toe into the rent to own investing strategy as an investor Mm -hmm. back in 2009. And I stuck around. I mean, 15 years later, I've done over 800 rent to own deals, meaning Helped over 800 families get into home ownership. Never expected that. Mm -hmm. It was really just a way for uh, my husband and I to offset corporate job incomes so we could eventually leave the corporate world and have more control of our time. Mm -hmm. But it obviously turned into something a lot more impactful. So it has been a very rewarding journey in the process. We have helped uh, real estate investors create cash flow, above average cash flow, all without the typical hassles of tenants and toilets. (laughs) I love it. Okay. Um, Wow. Okay. So you've helped over 800 investors, people rent to own. That's crazy. Um, How was your experience becoming a homeowner yourself? Oh, gosh. I was a homeowner well before I jumped into the rent-to-own investing strategy. And um, when I was a homeowner, I actually went through, um, I guess, a a personal setback. I got diagnosed with cancer. And obviously, when you have cancer, you're not really focused on working. I was on math leave at the time, so income was obviously reduced. And we were kind of living on my husband's full-time job income and preoccupied with my health challenges, preoccupied with my brand new baby girl. And then on top of that, my father suffered a heart attack. So there was a lot of personal stuff happening. Keeping up with the bills was not a big priority. Mm -hmm. Even though we had a mortgage, um, we were paying it, paying on time, but other bills were starting to not get paid on time, not because we didn't want to, just because our focus wasn't there. And our credit took a hit. And I learned firsthand how important it is to keep up with your credit. And when you have a personal setback, rebounding from that personal setback can be challenging, not just financially and emotionally, but also credit-wise. So I can relate to a lot of home buyers out there that are struggling to get into home ownership with blemished credit. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Wow. All right. And so, yeah, you had that personal setback and then... And then you came into the market after that, or you were a homeowner before that? I was already a homeowner at that time. Before that, okay, okay. And then I like, how did you go from corporate to finding like this need in the market for rent to own? You know, it was actually driven by my personal why. I really wanted to exit the corporate world because after a cancer diagnosis, your priorities really do shift. I wanted to be there for my young child. I missed about six months of her first you know, first six months of her life because I was running from appointments and treatments and, um, you know, resting in between. It was a really challenging time and I wish I could turn back the clock, but that's not possible. And we have a limited amount of time on this planet and with our families. And I really started to realize that that's more of a priority than climbing the corporate ladder. And I was working 50, 60 hour weeks in a very competitive you know, corporate career. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to take a step back from it, but I didn't want to necessarily step back from my lifestyle. Mm -hmm. So I needed to find a way to create cash flow Mm -hmm. to offset the corporate income 
so that I could feel comfortable in in stepping away from the corporate world. So it was really driven by my personal why. Mm -hmm. But then, of course, real estate investing, oftentimes people think about tenants. Mm -hmm. Tenants and toilets, not my thing. Mm -hmm. Fixer-uppers, not my thing. Because again, that takes time away from what really mattered to me, my true why. So I thought, well, how can I do real estate investing in a way that doesn't tie me up and also creates a little bit more of a purpose, not just for me, but for someone else. And that's where rent own was the perfect solution because it was investing with a purpose, investing with a purpose to help myself and investing with a purpose to help solve a problem for another family that's getting turned down for a mortgage. Wow. Okay. And so did you feel like this strategy was like more passive then than other strategies? Well, I think real estate investing in general um, is not passive yeah. <laughs> um, in the in the true sense of passive. However, the investors that we work with, we create the passive opportunity because we do all the heavy lifting. Mm-hmm. Whether you do the heavy lifting yourself or you outsource the heavy lifting, there is heavy lifting behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. So if you're an investor who works with us, yes, it's passive for you, <laughs> but it definitely wasn't passive for us. Okay. Okay. Well, well amazing background story kind of leading into this, why, and I just kind of want to talk about the people who would choose to do rent to own. Why would they choose to do rent to own? What, what is the benefit to them? Absolutely. With, you know, the rent to own strategy is unique uh, compared to a lot of other real estate investing strategies, because here we start with the people. Mm -hmm. A lot of people think location, 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 property, property, property. And we start with the people. Mm -hmm. So who, who is that person? It's generally people who are tired of renting and are paying a lot in rent and are ready ready to set down roots and really want that stability. They don't want to have the, you know, rely on the landlord or scared that the landlord will sell. That's a very common scenario right now. A lot of landlords are selling and displacing tenants. And these are great people and they don't want to go back to renting, but they go to the bank and the bank says no, because they generally don't have the debt ratios in order. Maybe they have some blemishes on a credit report. Maybe they have some debt that they're carrying, some collection items they didn't even know about. There's a lot of stuff inside of our credit reports that most of us don't really understand or take notice of. And the bank turns you away, but you've been faithfully saving up 5% down and now you feel like you're stuck. Well, that's where Rentone can come in and save the day. Mm-hmm. Rentone really picks up the slack where the banks fall short and where private mortgages or alternative lenders can't fit the bill. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Wow. So, um, so they would need 5% down basically. And then this kind of buys them a little bit of time to get more of a down payment or uh, get a higher credit score. Yeah, absolutely. Rent to own is really designed to give people time Mm -hmm. to become mortgage ready. At Mm -hmm. the end of the day, we are trying to help them. (laughs) We're trying to help them step out of the rent to own process and into an ownership position. So during that rent to own period, we are looking at what do they need to do to achieve that mortgage readiness? Do they need to build up a bigger down payment? Yes. Do they need to fix their credit challenges? Yes. Do they need to... um, Establish job history, yes. So whatever their personal circumstances are that are stopping them today mm-hmm. is what rent own will fix. And usually that um, is requiring time, mm-hmm. time that they would be wasting if they try to rent and do this on their own. Mm. And then the best part about rent-to-own is that in the rent-to-own home, they treat it as their own. Any improvements they make, any value adds 
boost the value and that value boost stays with that tenant that's renting to own. It doesn't stay with the investor. So this is a fabulous opportunity to build some equity, to create that financial stability and get ahead financially. Mm-hmm. Because rent, every rent payment ultimately we know, goes into the pocket of someone else. With rent to own, a portion of it is going back in your own pocket mm-hmm. and it gets you ahead financially. Mm-hmm. Okay, amazing. And I know you talked about your ideal client, somebody who's kind of tired of renting, but is it typically like, do you see it's like young professionals or families or who's kind of like the typical or ideal client? Well, we deal with all types of buyers. We have, you know, the the young millennials who are motivated to get into ownership and they have maybe just started on their career path. They're making decent money. Um, They have 5%, maybe the bank of mom and dad (laughs) delivered. You know, mom and dads can't necessarily fork over 20% every time, but 5% is enough to get them started. Mm. Then we have people who are, you know, in their 30s and 40s that have maybe been, um, making a a fresh start after a divorce, someone who is now getting remarried or has a new relationship, maybe they're a blended family and they want to bring that under one roof. So they're looking to make a fresh start. But with divorces come credit challenges. Mm -hmm. So uh, that credit baggage is stopping them from getting a mortgage. So rent to own is a great path for them. And then we have other people who have maybe put their kids through university They've been supporting their children on their children on on the journey of those children and really neglecting their own uh, ability to save up for a down payment or a big enough down payment. And now that the kids are old enough, have maybe finished their degree, the parents are like, "Okay, it's time for us." Mm-hmm. So we have kind of different uh, different um, age groups that okay. we assist. Okay, and it sounds like the underlying theme is just. A little bit of time as well that everybody kind of needs <laughs> to that's, get back on their feet. Exactly. That's exactly what they all have in common is they just need a little bit of time to become mortgage ready. But if they try to do this while they're renting, guess what's going to happen? Entry-level buyers mm-hmm. are getting more and more priced out of the market. Mm-hmm. So if they try to come back into the market a year from now, their income is probably not going to support entry-level prices mm. simply because the inventory is dwindling away. Okay. Okay, amazing. So just getting a little bit more into this, I want to know that if I go on your website today and I want to sign up as a rent-to-owner, how does the process work? So first you fill out an application indicating uh, your interest in getting pre-qualified. And we ask some questions about income for the household and overall down payment savings. And um, we're looking for some minimums. In Ontario, uh, the housing prices really dictate what your minimum household income is to buy something Mm -hmm. and what minimum down payment would be. Mm -hmm. And we're talking about $100,000 or more for Mm -hmm. combined household income and about $20,000 or more for initial down payment. Those are the criteria. Okay. Once we screen you for income and down payment eligibility, then you would go on to speak to one of our rent-to-own specialists where we talk about your personal situation and and give in a nutshell roughly what your um, rent-to-own path would look like. We customize every single rent-to-own deal for the home buyer. Every home buyer has a unique situation. We recognize that and we work with them based on their needs. And um, once they have an idea of what it'll look like, then of course we have to do some income verification mm-hmm. to make sure that the income that they feel that they make is there. And um, once we have income verification done, we can talk about 
numbers. Because mm. a lot of people want to know, well, what will my monthly payments look like? What can I truly afford? So we have follow-up conversations where we educate them on what's possible. And it is really an educational process. And uh, oftentimes people are a little bit disappointed with mm. the numbers. I can't you know, I, I can't lie. That's, mm -hmm. uh, I think that's the nature of every home buyer. We want to buy something, you know, uh, for the price of champagne on a, bu a beer budget. <laughs> I, I think I was like that even when I was shopping for my first property. And really that's what we're doing. We're just providing information, education, so that home buyers can make an educated decision once they know that they can qualify for our rent home program. Okay. And then they go house hunting. If the numbers make sense, they go house hunting with a real estate agent the same way they would if they got qualified with a bank. Mm -hmm. And when they find a property that they love, our team swoops in and works with that real estate agent to purchase the property. Okay. So I actually thought that it was kind of your own inventory, but it's really just any, anything that they qualify for on the market. Exactly. Uh, okay. Okay. Perfect. And then once it, let's say they want to put an offer on that home, the investor is going on the offer. Correct. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so we're really about families helping families. So we're matching these rent to own buyers with families who can take on a mortgage, who are lending their credit, mm -hmm. who are able to qualify for a mortgage with the banks mm -hmm. and they pass on that mortgage eligibility to these rent to owners in the way of a lender rates, for example. Mm -hmm. So these folks who are renting to own can't qualify for a lender rates, mm -hmm. but their monthly payment will reflect the A lender rate because the investor can. Mm -hmm. So the investor is essentially stepping in to qualify for a mortgage and passes on the cost of that mortgage in the form of rent. Mm. Okay. Okay. Interesting. So I'm going to loop back for one second. So the only qualifications is around 20,000 down and then a hundred thousand in uh, combined income. So that's not just one person's income that's combined and you're not looking at credit at all. Absolutely, we are looking okay. <laughs> at credit. So uh, so I'll address the income and down payment situation mm -hmm. first. Uh, the minimum, mm -hmm. the bare bones minimum mm -hmm. um, is about 100000 It could be from one person. It could be from a collective. That really doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. The minimum 20000 is also the minimum. A lot of the families that we're working with are making about 150000 mm -hmm. combined. You know, she makes seventy five. he makes seventy five combined. It's $150,000. Um, and combined they've saved 30 40 50 thousand mm. dollars and the bankers the bank is still saying no to them yep. that's a very typical type of a profile and as far as credit goes well the credit tells us how long they're going to need to be in the rent home process mm. and what do we need to do to guide them to become mortgage ready so we don't disqualify on credit mm. we use it as a lever to figure out how to structure the rent to own to help those buyers become mortgage ready Okay. And that was my next question, which I'm very curious about is how long is a typical closing? How long are they in this situation for typically? It's very different for every buyer. Mm -hmm. We've done rent-to-own deals for two years, for three years, for four years, and five years. Wow. So it can be anywhere from two to five years. And to be honest, the longer the runway, the easier it is to to do this for home buyers because their monthly payments become a little bit more affordable. Mm -hmm. Just like an amortization with a mortgage. If you amortize over 30 years, your monthly payments are a little bit more manageable than if you amortize over 25 years. Mm -hmm. So the same thing applies with rent-to-own. If you amortize your rent-to-own term for the full five years, your monthly payments are going to be a little bit more digestible, mm -hmm. which is probably going to be um, easier for people, especially when we're dealing with inflationary times. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay, so I'm going to jump into 
the investor side, because it does sound really amazing for the rent to owners, um, my new word, but, uh, <laughs> but for the investors, I kind of want to know like what's in it for them. It's obviously somebody who's going to take care of the property, but are they paying a little bit more than the mortgage payments so that the investor is getting some cash flow as well? That's a really great question, Alexandra. A lot of people feel that uh, when you're in a rent to own, it's more expensive because of that added extra month component. I just want to set the record straight. That additional payment is really a down payment installment mm. towards mortgage readiness. These home buyers would have to set aside four, five, six hundred dollars a month anyway if they're renting and they want to become homeowners, right? Money doesn't just magically appear in your bank account once your cash, uh, <laughs> uh, in pay, you know, uh, paycheck is cashed, mm -hmm. right? You have to take you have to take some measures to take a chunk of money, put it aside, save it, so that you can build up a bigger down payment. And I I think I read a statistic a little while back that they said it's going to take about. 14 years for the average millennial <laughs> to come up with 20% down for an Ontario property. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine where properties will be priced in 14 yeah. years? Yeah. So yeah, great. You have 20%, but 20% of what? <laughs> Today's yeah. prices or tomorrow's prices. And I think that's where the discrepancy is. Rent to own is kind of like a framework. It is uh, a, a discipline. Mm -hmm. We create a framework and keep the rent to owners disciplined to set aside a certain amount of money every single month towards the purchase of this home. And that, yes, is over and above the rent, but that down payment installment is 100% theirs. Okay, They get it at the end of the rent-to-own process in the form of a down payment when they go to apply for a mortgage with the bank. Okay, so like a forced savings plan or something. Exactly. Okay, so it's a monthly payment that covers the mortgage and their future down payment. Is there any additional... Uh, income for that investor or is it just on the investor side um there's kind of two areas where the investor makes money yeah so the investor makes money from monthly cash flow okay. and that is definitely a function of that installment down payment installment but remember that investor is giving that money back okay. the investor is taking that money setting it aside for those home buyers so that they can use it for a home purchase at the end. Mm -hmm. But in the in the meantime, it's considered cash flow for the investor. Mm -hmm. And on the flip side, fast forward four years or five years when that home buyer is exiting the rent to own, mm -hmm. exercising their option to purchase at a predetermined price, mm -hmm. at a predetermined date, everything's locked in, everything's transparent. There are no surprises. So they know exactly how much they're going to be exiting at and how much of a credit they're going to get towards the future purchase. Now, mm -hmm. the investor is selling the property at an appreciated price. Yep. Real estate values don't stand still. But here's the difference. The investor's gain is capped at about 5% per year. Whereas we have seen in the last 50 years, statistically, entry-level prices in Ontario are going up at about 7%. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what does that mean? The investor is capped at 5%. Mm -hmm. Anything over and above 5% stays with the rent-to-owner in mm -hmm. the form of equity. So they're improving credit. They're building up a bigger down payment and they have access to equity. Mm. And we also know that entry-level homes are not going to be as abundant over the next five years. There's not enough construction. There's just not enough turnover, not enough yep. people selling. So that is creating more demand for entry-level homes and demand increases prices, mm -hmm. which means that 
most of our investors historically have walked away with about sixty to seventy thousand dollars worth of equity mm-hmm. in their rent-owned property. Mm-hmm. So the investors' equity, if you will, is capped at five percent. Mm-hmm. Anything over and above five percent annualized appreciation goes back to the rent owner, and it's unlimited. Okay. Okay. That makes more sense. And yeah, that was kind of my next question as well, is that how do you determine the appreciated value that I guess you're selling to the rent to owner? Is it just based on the 5% a year? Yes, there's definitely a 5% a year equation in there. However, we still have to do due diligence. You know, swampland doesn't go up at mm. 5% per year. Mm-hmm. Certain pockets of Ontario um, don't go up at 5% per year. Um, and that's usually northern parts of Ontario. We haven't seen those markets appreciating consistently at 5% or more mm-hmm. over the last decade. Mm-hmm. So those are areas where rent-to-own is not as equitable mm. for the rent-to-owner or the investor. So we would rather not work in those markets. So it is still very market-specific and property-specific. We do have to do our due diligence to make sure that this this appreciation number is supported. Okay. Yeah. Because then uh, my question, I guess, is in five years, if you guys agreed on an appreciated value and then it didn't, it missed that mark, is that is that something that happens or how would you deal with that? Great question. So we haven't really seen that happening okay. for the most part. Everything has been okay. There have been some wobbly bits when the appraisers uh, do a desktop appraisal oh, okay. <laughs> and, and the numbers don't necessarily pan out to be where we need them to be. But you know what? Everything is solvable. Um, you can always appeal. You can always get another appraisal and and we get to where we need to be. Mm. But if we really miss the mark, I mean, there's no crystal ball. Real estate is unpredictable, as we're <laughs> as we're experiencing over the last little while, and we'll continue to see a bit of a wobbly, uh, unpredictable market. And that's okay. As homeowners, it's unpredictable. I own a home; I don't know where my value, my property value, is going to be. But what I can say for sure is that I don't want to sell it in a down market, mm-hmm. just like you wouldn't sell your stocks in a down market because logically you're going to lose. Mm-hmm. Hold. Mm-hmm. Hold. And that's what we'll encourage our home buyers to do. If the valuation is wobbly at any point, at the time when they're supposed to be exiting, we'll reevaluate and we'll make a decision to hold a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. What goes up has to come down and what goes down has to come up. Mm-hmm. Of course. Okay. Uh, and if I'm an investor and I approach Clover Properties, like what do I need as an investor to qualify? Great question. So as an investor, you would need to have some um, capacity to take on a mortgage. Mm-hmm. All of our investors are generally able to qualify for two or three mortgages, which means that they can help two or three families rent to own. So essentially, that means you would have the 20% down, you have perfect credit, and um, and you really care about helping a family overcome their barriers mm-hmm. and invest with a purpose. Okay. Okay. Wow. Um and let's go to the dark side for a second. <laughs> uh, this is where my brain goes. But uh, what happens just in the worst case scenario, if a tenant cannot close at the end of this five year term, what happens then? Well, we first of all, we evaluate what is the reason. Okay. Are they in good standing? Mm-hmm. Are they in default? Have they been maintaining the property? Mm-hmm. That's a contractual obligation. Have they been paying on time? That's a contractual obligation. Mm-hmm. If they're in breach of the contract, we might have to have a conversation and based on the contracts, they do not get a refund. Yeah. They have to walk away. Mm-hmm. 
Now, we're dealing, you know, we're not an institution. We're really families helping families. So there's always some sort of a resolution that we can negotiate to help this family out, depending on why they're in default, depending on why they're in breach of the contract. And then there's the other side. They've been paying faithfully. They're, you know, maintaining the property. They're basically doing everything they can. But something happens, something that we didn't forecast, something unforeseen, we'll go to an extension. We will always offer an extension. Our goal is really to help these buyers become owners Mm -hmm. and we will evaluate how we can help them get there. If they need an extension, then that's okay. And and you know what? 20% of the people that we work with generally require an extension Mm, and they make it to the finish line successfully after that. Okay. Yay. Okay. (laughs) Not so bad after all. So, okay, perfect. And then as an agent or mortgage agent, realtor, um, how can we get involved with helping people? We love working with real estate agents and mortgage agents because I really feel that a lot of home buyers, when they are looking at their options, they start by talking to a trusted real estate agent or a mortgage agent. And uh, to be honest, now I'm going to go to the dark side. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm a little disappointed in that a lot of real estate agents or mortgage agents don't know enough about rent to own mm-hmm. where they could be encouraging to that home buyer and say, hey, um, explore your options. Oftentimes they'll say, I heard bad things and they shut those buyers down. Mm -hmm. And I really feel that is a disservice as a professional. So if a professional is not trained, is not armed with his education on rent tone, Mm -hmm. they really should not be telling people not to pursue it. They should really be a little bit more neutral and perhaps themselves explore how they can arm themselves with the knowledge around rent to owns. Mm -hmm. So we are very oriented towards educating mortgage professionals, real estate professionals, we have uh, an entire certification program for real estate agents to make them rent to own savvy Mm. so that when a home buyer approaches them, they're more confident and more, um, more willing to assist that client. And I'm not saying that every single buyer who can't qualify for a mortgage is going to be able to qualify the rent to go the rent to own path. I yeah. wish I could help everybody, mm-hmm. but there's just not, not everyone can afford to get into the market. Not everyone is willing to do what it takes to get into the market. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's a shame. However, I think real estate agents and mortgage agents owe it to those home buyers to get educated mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as a first step. Okay. Well, that's amazing that you offer that certification process. Um, yeah. So that anybody that is working with your rent to owners, at least they're, they're educated. So that's amazing. Um, okay, well, we're already nearing the end of the podcast. This one went by really fast. Um, but I just wanted to ask you some wrap-up questions. What would you recommend to new buyers getting into today's market? Well, the market is shifting. And I don't think it's shifting in a way that is going to make it easier for home buyers to get in. So I think they have to act fast. I think they have to get uh, their options ironed out as soon as possible. Talk to the banks. See what the options are. If the banks are not an option, look at rent-to-own. Rent-to-own can fill in the gaps. Alternative lenders and private mortgages are not necessarily the best way to go. They're very expensive, and they might not necessarily help a home buyer resolve the credit challenges. Our program is specifically designed to help somebody with just 5% get into an ownership position while we guide them to fixing their credit. So they need to understand what role rent-to-own can play, but first talk to the banks. Mm -hmm. Uh, Talk to a real estate agent. Talk to a mortgage agent. Explore where your affordability sits and be realistic. I think a lot of buyers think that, oh, if I'm renting for $3,000 downtown Toronto, why can't I just own something for (laughs) $3,000 in downtown Toronto and not just a a little – 
you know, a basement apartment, but a whole house or a whole townhouse. And I think that understanding what you can truly afford is the next step. Mm. And speaking to experts, speaking to rent-to-own professionals who can do those calculations for you are really important. And then the third piece of that, be realistic about what area you can actually afford something in. I think I think buyers of tomorrow have to be willing to move further out than they ever thought. And with work-from-home capabilities and you know, urban sprawl, um, broadening. I think it's a lot easier now than if we were having this conversation five years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with that. I always say that too. I always say I'm going to make my way back to Toronto. I might have to get a couple properties in Niagara or something far out and then make your way back. But that seems to be the most realistic way. But yeah, I love that, that feedback. Um, I guess if you want to share your social media and how we can connect with you, that'd be great. Well, you can always find us on uh, on Facebook, uh, Clover Properties Rent to Own. We're on LinkedIn, Clover Properties Rent to Own. And I believe we are on Instagram under Clover Props. <laughs> awesome. Okay, perfect. I'll take it all down below. And thank you so much for being on the podcast. I appreciate it. Thank you, Alexandra. Thank you.